Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today is the 17th day of February, and I'm here still in the land of holiness, coming to you from Israel, and our trip is uh, it's winding down. Uh, it feels like we've been here for a month, <laughs> and we're closing in on week two, and closing in on this week with you as well, as uh, my time with you is coming to a close, but nevertheless, uh, not get ahead of ourselves. We're going to stay here and present in this moment today. We're reading Leviticus chapters 14 and 15. This week, we're reading the New English Translation. Leviticus 14. The Lord spoke to Moses, This is the law of the diseased person on the day of his purification, when he is brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside the camp and examine the infection. If the infection of the diseased person has been healed, then the priest will command that two live clean birds, a piece of cedar wood, a scrap of crimson fabric, and some twigs of hyssop be taken up for the one being cleansed. The priest will then command that one bird be slaughtered into a clay vessel over fresh water. Then he is to take the live bird along with the piece of cedar wood, the scrap of crimson fabric, and the twigs of hyssop, and he is to dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird slaughtered over the fresh water, and sprinkle it seven times on the one being cleansed from the disease, pronounce him clean, and send the live bird away over the open countryside. The one being cleansed must then wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and bathe in water, and so be clean. Then afterward he may enter the camp, but he must live outside his tent seven days. When the seventh day comes, he must shave all his hair, his head, his beard, his eyebrows, all his hair, and he must wash his clothes, bathe his body in water, and so be clean." On the eighth day, he must take two flawless male lambs, one flawless yearling female lamb, three-tenths of an ephah of choice wheat flour as a grain offering mixed with olive oil, and one log of olive oil. And the priest who pronounces him clean will have the man who is being cleansed stand along with these offerings before the Lord at the entrance of the meeting tent. The priest is to take one male lamb and present it for a guilt offering along with the log of olive oil and present them as a wave offering before the Lord. He must then slaughter the male lamb in the place where the sin offering and the burnt offering are slaughtered in the sanctuary because, like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is most holy. Then the priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the right earlobe of the one being cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest will then take some of the log of olive oil and pour it into his own left hand. Then the priest is to dip his right forefinger into the olive oil, that is his left hand, and sprinkle some of the olive oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. The priest will then put some of the rest of the olive oil that is in his hand on the right earlobe of the one being cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, on the blood of the guilt offering, and the remainder of the olive oil that is in his hand, the priest is to put on the head 
of the one being cleansed. So the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord. The priest must then perform the sin offering and make atonement for the one being cleansed from his impurity. After that, he is to slaughter the burnt offering and the priest is to offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. So the priest is to make atonement for him and he will be clean. If the person is poor and does not have sufficient means, he must take one male lamb as a guilt offering for a wave offering to make atonement for himself, one-tenth of an ephah of choice wheat flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering, a log of olive oil, and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, which are within his means. One will be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. On the eighth day, he must bring them for his purification to the priest at the entrance of the meeting tent before the Lord, and the priest is to take the male lamb of the guilt offering and the log of olive oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then he is to slaughter the male lamb of the guilt offering, and the priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the right earlobe of the one being cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest will then pour some of the olive oil into his own left hand and sprinkle some of the olive oil that is in his left hand with his right forefinger seven times before the Lord. Then the priest is to put some of the olive oil that is in his hand on the right earlobe of the one being cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on the place of the blood of the guilt offering, and the remainder of the olive oil that is in the hand of the priest, he is to put on the head of the one being cleansed to make atonement for him before the Lord. He will then make one of the turtle doves or young pigeons which are within his means a sin offering and the other a burnt offering along with the grain offering. So the priest is to make atonement for the one being cleansed before the Lord. This is the law of the one in whom there is a diseased infection who does not have sufficient means for his purification. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I am about to give to you for a possession, and I put a diseased infection in a house in the land you are to possess, then whoever owns the house must come and declare to the priest, Something like an infection is visible to me in the house. Then the priest will command that the house be cleared before the priest enters to examine the infection so that everything in the house does not become unclean, and afterward the priest will enter to examine the house. He is to examine the infection, and if the infection in the walls of the house consists of yellowish, green, or reddish eruptions, and it appears to be deeper than the surface of the wall, then the priest is to go out of the house to the doorway of the house and quarantine the house for seven days." The priest must return on the seventh day and examine it, and if the infection has spread in the walls of the house, then the priest is to command that the stones that had the infection in them be pulled and thrown outside the city into an unclean place. Then they shall scrape the house all around on the inside, and the plaster which they have scraped off must be dumped outside the city into an unclean place. They are then to take the other stones and replace those stones, and he is to take other plaster and replaster the house. If the infection returns and breaks out in the house after he has pulled out the stones, scraped the house, and it is replastered, the priest is to come and examine it. 
And if the infection has spread in the house, it is a malignant disease in the house. It is unclean. He must tear down the house, its stones, its wood, and all the plaster of the house and bring all of it outside the city to an unclean place. Anyone who enters the house all the days the priest has quarantined it will be unclean until evening. Anyone who lives down in the house must wash his clothes. Anyone who eats in the house must wash his clothes. If however the priest enters and examines it and the infection has not spread in the house after the house has been replastered, then the priest is to pronounce the house clean because the infection has been healed. Then he is to take two birds, a piece of cedar wood, a scrap of crimson fabric, and some twigs of hyssop to purify the house, and he is to slaughter one bird into a clay vessel over fresh water. He must then take the piece of cedar wood, the twigs of hyssop, the scrap of crimson fabric, and the live bird, and dip them in the blood of the slaughtered bird and in the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. So he is to purify the house with the blood of the bird, the fresh water, the live bird, the piece of cedar wood, the twigs of hyssop, and the scrap of crimson fabric. And he is to send the live bird away outside the city into the open countryside. So he is to make atonement for the house, and it will be clean. This is the law for all diseased infections, for scal, for the diseased garment, for the house, for the swelling, for the scab, and for the bright spot, to teach when something is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law for dealing with infectious disease. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When any man has a discharge from his body, his discharge is unclean. Now this is his uncleanness in regard to his discharge, whether his body secretes his discharge or blocks his discharge. He is unclean. All the days that his body has a discharge or his body blocks his discharge, this is his uncleanness. Any bed the man with a discharge lies on will be unclean, and any furniture he sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. The one who sits on the furniture the man with a discharge sits on must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. The one who touches the body of the man with a discharge must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If the man with a discharge spits on a person who is ceremonially clean, that person must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Any means of riding that the man with a discharge rides on will be unclean. Anyone who touches anything that was under him will be unclean until evening, and the one who carries those items must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Anyone whom the man with a discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. A clay vessel which the man with the discharge touches must be broken, and any wooden utensil must be rinsed in water. When the man with the discharge becomes clean from his discharge, he is to count off for himself seven days for his purification, and he must wash his clothes, bathe in fresh water, and be clean. Then on the eighth day, 
He is to take for himself two turtle doves or two young pigeons, and he is to present himself before the Lord at the entrance of the meeting tent and give them to the priest. And the priest is to make one of them a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. So the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord for his discharge. When a man has a seminal emission, he must bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until evening. And he must wash in water any clothing or leather that has semen on it, and it will be unclean until evening. As for a woman whom a man goes to bed with, then has a seminal emission, they must bathe in water and be unclean until evening. When a woman has a discharge and her discharge is blood from her body, she is to be in her menstruation seven days, and anyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Anything she lies on during her menstruation will be unclean, and anything she sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches her bed must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Anyone who touches any furniture she sits on must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If there is something on the bed or on the furniture she sits on, when he touches it, he will be unclean until evening. And if a man actually goes to bed with her so that her menstrual impurity touches him, then he will be unclean seven days, and any bed he lies on will be unclean. When a woman's discharge of blood flows many days, not at that time of her menstruation, or if it flows beyond the time of her menstruation, all the days of her discharge of impurity will be like the days of her menstruation. She is unclean. Any bed she lies on, all the days of her discharge will be to her like the bed of her menstruation. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean like the impurity of her menstruation, and anyone who touches them will be unclean, and he must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If she becomes clean from her discharge, then she is to count off for herself seven days, and afterward she will be clean. Then on the eighth day, she must take for herself two turtle doves or two young pigeons, and she must bring them to the priest at the entrance of the meeting tent. And the priest is to make one a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. So the priest is to make atonement for her before the Lord from her discharge of impurity. Thus you are to set the Israelites apart from their impurity so that they do not die in their impurity by defiling my tabernacle which is in their midst. This is the law for the one with a discharge, for the one who has a seminal emission and becomes unclean by it, for the one who is sick in her menstruation, for the one with a discharge, whether male or female, and for a man who goes to bed with an unclean woman. So this is just one of those things <laughs> you just have to say if if you just got lost today, but your ears perked up a couple of times at the phrase seminal emission, <laughs> um, this is a law, Levitical law, uh, that prevents infectious diseases from spreading. This was before penicillin. This is before antibiotics. This is before modern day medicine. And these rituals are preventing a complete outbreak within a community. 
so you hear this and you're like, this is kind of harsh, like tear down the walls, get rid of the plaster, take it out the, the outside of the city. Well, that's what they did to create as sterile of an environment as they could without infecting the whole city and you, you have an outbreak in one house that spreads to another house could be the whole town is wiped out so when we put these things into perspective and gain a little insight and understanding uh, we then realize that god is not being irrelevant <laughs> it may be irrelevant to us today but it's very relevant to the culture he is putting uh, laws, rituals, ceremonies in place that are taking preventative measures for potential sickness to spread. I mean, we know diseases uh, can spread so quickly. We just encountered a pandemic that nobody had been through in our lifetime, and we were not prepared because it had never taken place before but here what we're reading is god putting certain things in place for a projected potential outbreak that would ultimately wipe out lots of people by the spread of disease so we have a little context and it sort of makes this story that is really far away from us zoomed in a little bit closer and then we go oh that's what was happening and if i have permission to be really honest i think when we understand things in the context of which they were written for we understand the heart of god differently we see him less as a just ruler or dictator casting down all of these rules and regulations and we understand the heart is for him to care for the people by showing them how to care for one another and boy that's relatable that should be relatable for all of us today so father we thank you for your word and we thank you that understanding and wisdom brings us closer, deeper into relationship with you. When we understand your heart, your intention, then we can put down our guard. We can let down our assumptions and we can enter more deeply into relationship with you because we can trust your intentions. And we thank you for that and i pray that would be a lesson that we could all take into just relationship with one another when we understand one another's intentions when we let go of our assumptions that we assign the truth to and really hear the heart of one another then we can begin to know and understand one another more intimately as well so thank you we love you and we worship you we pray this all in the name of the father the son and holy spirit
Amen. So for those of you following along, day 11 in the books, and uh, I'm going to be real honest here. Uh, I am so fatigued <laughs> mentally today. Uh, we braved the cold and the rain, and today was just nothing but walking and walking and walking and more walking um, and peopling and peopling and peopling. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Israel was closed during the pandemic, I think for a solid two years. Um, and that is going to affect a place where tourism is its main industry. And because uh, it was closed for so long, there are so many people that were anxious to get back, get here. And so uh, it's quite crowded. And even the, the sites that are out, outdoors are just, they're very crowded. So we were in Jerusalem for all of the day today. We visited the Temple Mount. The Lion's Gate, Hezekiah's Wall, the City of David, the Western Wall. Uh, then we had lunch, I believe. No, we also visited the Southern Steps. Then we had lunch. Uh, and then we walked through the Jewish Quarter and slipped into St. Anne's Cathedral that has literally world-renowned acoustics in that chapel it's absolutely beautiful and stunning and we were able to sing together and then we went over to the pools of bethesda and then we had a bit of an adventure trying to get back to our bus when we were quite tired <laughs> quite exhausted quite frazzled and our bus couldn't get to us so we had to walk some more and finally, it, it felt like we were back in the wilderness, but it was more of like a concrete encased limestone jungle of ancient ruins that we had to find our way out of, but find our way out, we did. It was a good day. It was a challenging day because of the rain and because of walking and just, you know, trying to keep a hundred people together when there are tours happening all around you, uh, are, it, it can be a challenge and it can be just mentally draining, constantly looking and making sure everyone's together. And, and then your eyes just, you know, you, you see a Jewish boy's bar mitzvah happening in the middle of the road and you you want to watch it but you want to stay with the group so some challenges in that area but I am glad to say we all made it successfully back to the hotel had dinner I'm here I think this is about all that I have capacity for tonight and my mind and my body need rest so uh, we'll get a good night's rest we'll take on tomorrow day 12 and uh, our time is coming to an end it truly feels like we got here a month ago and it's I'm starting to see the end of the tunnel and it's 
the bitterness is starting to set in. The reality is you have to get back to the world that you know as we know it. Um, but the bitterness of we really have formed this special bond in starting in the wilderness, coming out of the wilderness, and soon we will have to say goodbye. So reality's coming, uh, sleep is coming. That's what's next. So uh, for now, I will sign off. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. And I do look forward to it. Until then, I'm Jill. Let's love one another. This message is for God's mighty tortoise. This is Joyfully Joe. And um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you um, and the loss of your friend. And I heard you, sister. And never more has your name blessed me, God's mighty tortoise, as it did today when I heard your message um, on the chronological. Uh, anyway, I get what it feels like to lose a lot of people. Uh, and right now, it doesn't look like my pastor is going to uh, make it uh, too much longer. So I covet your prayers, all of you guys, too, back. Um, I'm praying for you guys, and I'm sorry I haven't been more diligent to put prayers on recently. I've been busy um, ministering to uh, my pastor and his wife and uh, their family as God opens the door. Um, praise God for wisdom and knowing when to rush in and when to stand back and pray. Also, people, the congregation, and um, just being in leadership, it's a, can be a heavy uh, load to bear. And yet, through the power of prayer and by God's Holy Spirit, it is a beautiful and blessed burden to bear as uh, our friends and loved ones pass from this life to the next. Hallelujah, that they're whole in Jesus. Hallelujah for your friend who's in heaven, God's mighty tortoise. Love you. Hey, DABC, this is uh, Brody, your brother in Christ. I'm just calling in today because I've been having some weird mood swings and think that at times, you know, the devil kind of gets in my head a little bit and... I have a hard time trusting God and realizing that, you know, no matter what, He's working in my life. Um, and so I, you know, start to get a little discouraged and distracted and, you know, not focusing on just what I should be doing, which is, you know, working on whatever I'm working on at the time. Um, so if you guys could just pray for me, uh, pray that I can be focused and realize that whatever I'm working on, as long as I remember that God is with me and is there by my side, that I can just remember that, I guess, and keep going and not be upset. And, yeah. Anyways, also, China, thank you so much for your words on the ninth. They were really encouraging to me one of these times when I was just in a bad mood. So 
is a good reminder that, you know, sometimes we get our eyes off of God and we need to remember that we need to look to him in these times. So, goodbye. Good morning. This is Gina from California. It is February 11th. Um, On Monday, my husband will be having surgery to remove a lump on his back. So just keep him in prayer. By the time this will be on, um, he will be healing, but he still has another lump. He has to be removed on his shoulder, which is much larger. So just pray that he's able to get it removed sooner than expected because it is definitely a challenge for him. He's in pain. It's cutting off circulation in his arm. So please pray that he's able to get the surgery done quickly and efficiently, and he'll be able to be back at work soon. And also, please pray for my younger son, Luke. He um, keeps fighting some little sicknesses. He keeps waking up with coughs. And then last night, he woke up with really bad ear infection or earache. So please pray that whatever sickness is in my household will be removed and that my household is full of life and health and just peace in every area. And just want to thank you guys for just being amazing. And for all of those prayer requests out there, I just pray blessing, protection, over those babies that are sick to be healed, over those marriages that are broken to be restored, or friendships that are lost to be renewed. So Lord, just bless this family that we've created. Cover us and surround us in garden angels in our day-to-day life. We love you all. Be blessed today. Hello, Daily Audio Bible Chronological. This is Renee. Um, About two weeks or three weeks back, I had called in to ask for prayers um, for a place to stay um, because I I didn't have uh, enough income to find my own place to stay. And I immediately received prayers from the Daily Audio Bible Chronological um, family and it really made me feel at ease. It really made me feel that God is hearing me and God is going to answer my prayer. I am glad to testify that on the 4th of February, I was able to move into my new apartment and now I'm settled, I have a home. Um, I'm very, very grateful to Jesus Christ for providing shelter for me and for providing it so quickly. Um, I'm really grateful for the Daily Audio Bible uh, chronological family for praying for me, for keeping me in their thoughts, for just supporting me it really means everything to me and i'll forever be grateful for this community and god bless